Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single family homes all the way up to 600 plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Good morning and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, hey, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I hope you have a great day today. And for the guys out there, maybe the adult kids, you, you may have noticed this as you went about your, your preparations for the day. Flower prices. <laughs> Did you know that they are up strongly 20%? in our area due to a essentially a COVID shortage this year. We're, we're seeing that all over the place. We're seeing that in the rental market. We're seeing that as well in the housing market. So it's those those flower prices, those aren't the only thing that that's up. And you, you may have experienced something akin to, I don't know, sticker shock when you, you opened your mailbox a few weeks back, you got that that annual letter showing your 2021 property value for your personal house, maybe your rental properties, from the county appraisal district. Just, geez, just looking at my own, some went up 20%, 40%, one went up 100%. <laughs> and you know what? We're gonna fight that county. We're gonna fight all the counties that took us up and, and, and you should do the same. And that is what we're gonna talk about today. Today I'm bringing on an expert to talk about protesting those county tax appraisals. I've got Julian Ball with me today. He's with Ball Property Tax Services. He's been a vendor in fact, with Lifestyles Unlimited since April of uh, 2014, long time now, five out of five stars uh, rating by our members. And uh, Julian, I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. If you're catching the show for, for the first time, Julian is out of uh, the central Texas area. And with that, Julian, why, why don't you come on and uh, let's start the show. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Thank you, Andy. My name is Julian Ball. Uh, we do property tax appeal work for clients. Uh, been doing the in the business for 32 years now. Been a vendor for lifestyle since 14, as you mentioned. I do own some rental properties, and I'm a passive and apartment property. Um, so, understand where everybody's coming from on the rental side and what they're looking at on this. So, so you've got wow, 32 years experience for the for the listener out there that's not familiar with Lifestyles Unlimited. We have a similar track record. Lifestyles has been around a little over uh, 30 years now, so we're kind of running running neck and neck there. You're a little bit ahead and, and been doing this for quite a while. Now, I understand you do both single-family and multi-family uh, tax valuation protests. Well, we're going to focus today on the single-family in particular. Um, multi-family is a bit of a different animal, but I think single-family, that, that protest affects most of the listening base out there. We have a lot of, a lot of rental owners that are single-family owners as well as own their own property, naturally. So we may have listeners that don't even own a rental house yet, but need to get out there and protest their personal house as well. Now, Julian, the, the, the process, you're, in, you're in, in, in around the San Antonio area. Um, you're south of me. I'm up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I have properties in Dallas County, uh, Denton County, Tarrant, and so on. For you down there, for me up here, the process is essentially the same across the state, right? That's correct. It's pretty much the same. You file protest, have informal meetings or online meetings probably this year, and then go to a board hearing if necessary. 
So what are some key dates that we need to think about when it comes to protesting those tax valuations? The main date coming up is the protest deadline, which is May 15th, which this year falls on Saturday, so therefore it falls to Monday, May 17th. And if you don't file the protest by then, you're pretty much out of luck uh, on pursuing that protest any further. So that's something I harp on to people that have done this is make sure you file that protest timely. File it by mail. Most of the counties now have an online system where you can file that online. It makes it a pretty simple process. Yeah, I've been doing it online for quite some time now. Typically, just my personal process, Julian, is I'll, I'll file it online pre-COVID. I would follow up then by making a personal appearance, right, showing up down at the uh, appraisal district, knocking on the door, doing that informal sit-down with a with usually a junior appraiser. If it, if, it, if they if they if they agree, if we if we meet eye to eye, great, we're done. Otherwise, then we take that next step, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But so May seventeenth, that's uh, Monday, that's a week from tomorrow is the deadline for most counties. Now, I'll tell you, one of the counties where I'm based up here, they haven't sent me my appraisal yet. So when will that protest deadline fall? If you haven't received it yet, then the protest deadline, if they increase the value, will be 30 days from the date of the notice or from the date you receive the notice, the appraised value. Our philosophy is on May 15th, we file everything we haven't received at that point, just to make sure that we're not missing something. Okay, so either May 17th, if you've already gotten your, your, your appraisal notification, which is most counties, and if not, uh, 30 days from date of notification. And, and for the listener, if you're in the DFW area, the, the county I'm referencing anyhow is Denton County, and they are overhauling their system from what I've heard in talking to some local um, officials here. So they are a little bit behind the ball as they update their um, their, their, their website, essentially. So we'll, we'll see how quickly they get those out. It gives me some time to focus on those other guys, I guess. Um, and so the general process is to get that, get that protest filed. Do I need to send all of my documentation, everything we'll talk about later in the show when I get that protest filed? Or can I just simply say, check the box, I want to protest, here's my, my notification. Can I get my ducks in a row later, or do I need to have everything together May 17th? No, you just need to file the protest timely and get that in the mail. The other, the evidence and all that comes later when you get ready for your informal hearing. Or on the online case, typically they have a way that you can upload your evidence online. So you just do that prior to your informal meeting or IRB meeting. Okay, and I'll, and I'll second that. I and and if 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 the listeners are anything like me, I've. <laughs> Anything related to taxes, I, I seem to drag my feet. Uh, it, it, be it income taxes or property taxes, I've filed one protest so far. But I know that I've got till May 17th at least check that box. I'll do it online. And then I've started working with my, my residents, get me some good picks. Maybe I've got those already from end of the year. And uh, we'll, we'll slowly get those uploaded. Now, that brings me to a question about the, the appraisal that I see from the, the county. How, how are they determining that value that they just sent me? You know, they're going through and looking at market sales and adjusting their neighborhoods based on what happened in that neighborhood. Typically, uh, they'll adjust the whole neighborhood. Um, so that's, you know, that's the mass appraisal process. Uh, that's why we have the informal or the appeal process to come look at your property before individually. Okay, and make sure they're using what I would call a good comps. Okay, we're going to head into a quick break. Talk 1370, the right choice. We're back with
with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb, and I am joined today by Julian Ball with Ball Property Tax Services. Julian has been a vendor with Lifestyles since 2014 and, and operates down around the San Antonio, Austin area. I personally am up in Dallas-Fort Worth, so we're covering a good swath of Texas between the two of us. Of course, the, the, the process of protesting your tax valuation is reasonably standardized across Texas. We have statewide uh, legislation that dictates uh, how that works, what dates things have to be done by. But I will tell you, because I operate across multiple counties, each county is just a little bit different in how they handle things. And Julian, you mentioned we need to have our protest filed by May 17th if the county already got us our notification. Some counties haven't. And in that case, we have 30 days from when we get that notification. Those are important dates because if you miss the date, you miss the date. You're not going to get it done. They're not going to. They're not going to give you. They're, they're not going to let that let that slide this time, because if you, if you think about it, protests have been going up over the years. So those folks are being inundated at the appraisal district. So you miss the date, too 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 bad. All right. So pay attention, May seventeenth. And if you do have questions today, uh, I want to give you the number here. Uh, it's eight five five four nine seven four three three five. Again, eight five five four nine seven four three three five. Or send me an email to askandy at luinc.com, and we can get to those on air. Now, Julian, I'm looking at my uh, one of my uh, appraisal notifications. This one is from Dallas County. It tells me I can just mail this in, check, you know, wh what do I think the, the problem is, or, or my desire to protest is based on maybe I think value is over market value, value is not equal to those other properties in my neighborhood. There's a number of other boxes. Uh, I can mail this in. I can, like you said earlier, I can do this online. It gives me a website to go to, which is typically what I do. Uh, Tarrant County, same way. Any of the counties up here are, are, are like that. What, once we filed that protest, hey, I want to protest. What, what happens next? When, when, do I typically, when, when do I typically know when I will have that date before the uh, appraisal review board? The, the hearing will be scheduled somewhere probably the earliest they can schedule is two weeks from the date you protest. So they'll start the hearing process in around June 1st for the ARB hearings. Now, they may start calling or putting evidence out there online on the online protest prior to that, right, if you file a protest for your informal meeting. Uh, and the informal meetings, a lot of counties don't schedule informal meetings. Uh, so that may just be an online deal where they send your evidence and make you an offer or don't make you an offer, you know, maybe they think the value is fine after they reviewed it again. So I would say within two weeks or at first of June, you'll probably start hearing, seeing something from them, but that could go all the way out to July 15th. You know, it's interesting. I have a, an investor buddy here in the area. <laughs> they, just last month, they closed their appraisal review board hearing finally for 2020. It, it drug out that long. Now that related, of course, to the the depths of the the coronavirus uh, and all the impacts we had last year. Are you seeing or do you anticipate that coronavirus will have any impacts on the process for us this year? It looks like it will. Last year it closed most of the appraisal districts to go in and walk in and have informal meetings. Some appraisal districts still had in-person board meetings, ARB meetings, uh, but they tried to do most of those by phone or video as well. Uh, so I suspect, from what I'm seeing, some counties are going to open up this year and some are not. So it's kind of a mixed bag across the state right now. 
Okay, so for the listener, check your go go to the county appraisal district website. Uh, I know for Tarrant up here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, Tarrant County's where Fort Worth is is, is settled. Um, they'll give you directions there. Some some from what I've seen, Julian are saying yes, we are back to in person informal hearings. Others are saying no. Um, they may fine tune that, of course, as things develop with with the vaccines and with 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 the virus. And just for a little more clarity, so we filed our, our protest today. Uh, within, they, they have to give us two weeks to, to have that ARB hearing. So I've got some time in between there. That's when I would go and meet with the appraisal, what we call informally. Maybe that's in the past. That's me just showing up at Dallas County Appraisal District, taking a number, waiting in line, and then sitting down with my documentation with that, uh, typically a junior appraiser, um, and just discussing my case. Now, again, like I said earlier, I, I make, we may meet in the middle. We may find uh, middle ground there everybody's happy but if not then i'm going to take it to the next level which is that already scheduled appraisal review board hearing now who who is the appraisal review board people may hear that and start to bite their nails and start to sweat a little bit should i be scared who are these people no they're citizens of the county and uh they're appointed uh so you go in there it's a pretty informal process there's typically three people on a panel uh, and you go in there and present your evidence, the appraisal district presents their evidence, and then they make a ruling. And a lot of people get scared of that, but it's not. It's a formal process in the fact that they do some reading and then swearing in to start the process. But really, it's a pretty informal process. Right. And that goes back to the state dictates in terms of what that process has to generally look like. And, yeah, I'll agree with you. I, I've, I've gone to the ARB any number of times. It's In my experience here, it's typically it's retired folks that have the time because it is, I think it's a voluntary position. Um, they're, they're wanting to help their community and, and give back and, and whatnot. So they're, they're, they're typically, in my experience, older folks. And, you know, we just have a conversation. You know, I tell them my story. And here I have a question for you. As I'm telling my story... Does it matter? Do they care when I tell them, look, if you take my, my property value up this much on that rental property, I'm going to have to raise the rents on that occupant as well. Does that make any difference at all? It really does not have no effect on the value. They're looking at the value of the property. They're not looking at the rental rates or the taxes. They're just looking at the valuation during that hearing. Okay, so <laughs> leave the leave the sob stories at home. Should I come with my, my fists balled and my teeth gritted and, you know, scowling and just kind of punching the air and angry? Or, or what's what's the way to approach that, whether it's the informal hearing or otherwise? No, I think you, you go in there and be courteous. I mean, that's just the way you do, do business is being courteous. I mean, if you come in there all angry and all that, they're going to be against you to start with, I would think. Yeah. And, and occasionally I talk with my rental owner peers and, and they go in <laughs> guns a blazing and they come out angrier than they went in because they don't they don't get what they're looking to, to achieve there that day. So and, and, and one other question for you. So we're, we're, we're going to we're focused on rental owners. Uh, typically on the show, this is a, a real estate investment show. That's what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited is we help educate and mentor uh, real estate investors, both single family and, and multifamily. But I know we have listeners that are also owner occupants. Maybe they don't own any rental property at all. What's the big difference in this process, just the valuation or anything between the owner occupant property and the, the rental property? You know, the, there's really not much difference in the process besides there's exemptions on the homestead. It's your homestead and you get the exemptions other than maybe the condition of the property. I mean, your homestead, you're probably going to be keep a little nicer than you do your rental properties. Uh, that would be the big difference to go in and talk about the condition of the property and that it is a rental property. 
Okay, and let's hang on to that thought. We're, we're going to head into a break here in just a moment, and I want to come back and talk about some of the, the tactics that we can employ when we're having these conversations, whether it's that informal hearing or that, that more formal uh, appraisal review board. And, and you just hit on a very key point there, but I just want to circle back. So for the for the owner occupant out there, you, you're you're lucky in this sense because you are capped. If you if you just bought a house, be sure to file that homestead exemption because that prevents the county from taking you up more than ten percent per year in your value. The the poor rental owners out there, like I said, I saw twenty percent, I saw forty percent, I saw one hundred percent. Talk thirteen seven, the right choice. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about protesting your tax values on your rental houses, on your personal house, on your multifamily. If you own property, you've probably already gotten that letter from the county appraisal district telling you what the 2021 valuation is going to be and if you've sat down and calculated what that's going to translate to in terms of taxes you've probably seen a big jump especially if you are not homesteaded and i've got a guest with me today that's going to help us sort through all of this and we're going to talk now about some tactics some approaches to negotiate to to, to work that protest through the system and get your valuation lowered i've got julian ball with me today with ball property tax services. And in the earlier segments, we talked a little bit about process. We talked about very important deadlines. Do not miss these. May 17th, for most of you, is the deadline to at least have filed. I want to protest. Do you have to have all your ducks in a row, all your documents going in the door to the appraisal district at that time? No, but let them know you want to protest. You'll get a hearing in a couple of weeks at the ARB, and you can also do an informal hearing in the middle there as well. You got a lot of time, but you don't have time to miss that initial filing. So don't waste that time. Okay, Julian, a question for you. Should I always protest my property valuation? We think we should always protest property valuations. Uh, now, the law has changed. Uh, if you protest the property valuation, no longer can the property value be raised. So Okay. You file the protest, the market value stays the same. And that is a question I get a lot. I've heard that from a lot of people. It comes up every year. Well, my value's here, and it, it's gone up. I don't like it, but it's kind of okay. I guess I can, you know, I can find the funds to pay the extra taxes. But if I go in and protest, are they going to take me even higher? So you heard it right there. The answer is no. You have no reason not to at least file that protest. Get the process going. You can always relent later. Maybe you don't have time. Or, hey, if you don't have time, find somebody like Julian. There are a lot of companies out there that will help you protest those taxes on your behalf. Um, I do it all on my own quite a bit. I have a company represent me on some properties. I'm kind of a mixed bag there. Uh, maybe a glutton for punishment, Julian. I, I kind of enjoy going <laughs> down there and talking with the appraisers. Now, another common question, may, maybe a myth that I would like to dispel. Number one myth we just talked about, they will... they. Your value is set. It will not go up. It can only go down. Good news. Number two myth I tend to tend to hear, or question I guess that I tend to get is if will if I get my value lowered, is a lower tax value on the tax rolls is that going to affect my sales price when I go to sell my house? Sales price when you sell the house, there's going to be a fee appraisal done on that property, and that's going to be the basis for the sales price. Yeah. So the, the, they're going to be looking at market 
market sales, sales comps for that neighborhood, for that subdivision has zero, zero to do with your value on the tax rolls. Um, and, and any realtor is going to know that, should know that. Um, and now you know that as well. So again, no reason to not get out there and protest. I hear that a lot as well. I do not want to lower my value because I want to sell in the next year or two. Well, hey, no excuses. <laughs> so now, Julian, as far as tactics go, you, you hinted at something just a minute ago um, with respect to the, the rental owners out there. I have rental property. I'm going to go and protest a, a rental house or, or apartments. Um, commonly, and if I think back when I got into this business eight, nine years ago, a lot of my protest was founded on the market, on sales. We saw a lot of foreclosures. Fast forward now to 2020. 2021, the market is on fire. There is simply a, a shortage of houses, as I hinted at at the start of the program, and we're seeing values are up. Am I am I going to build a good case on sales comps, on, on market values in this year? I think it's going to be tough to build a good case on sales comps this year, uh, just depending on the neighborhood. I mean, but, you know, overall, I think the market is, as you mentioned, is way up. Uh, do have to remember we're talking about January 1st, so, you know, we're looking at 2020 sales. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, on the rental properties, you need to take pictures, show conditioning of the property, and issues like that, uh, estimates to fix uh, the roof, the, if you got foundation issues, things like that, that do make a big difference on the valuation of that property. And that's a very good point you just made. Uh, we didn't discuss this earlier in, t in terms of, process and, and, and the timeline. So the county appraisal district is not setting my value as per May 17th or as per April 15th when they sent out those notifications. It is per January 1, 2021. So they are in essence looking backwards at the year of 2020 when they run their sales comps. Am I getting that right? That is correct. Okay. So at times, yes, sales approach is a great way to go. If you have a good realtor, talk with them. Maybe you find stuff in your neighborhood that does point towards that argument, but be prepared to take a couple of different tactics as well. We'll get to that notion of the, the rental property here in just a minute. I do want to point out, and I'm looking now, I looked at my Dallas County one here a minute ago. I'm looking at uh, Tarrant County here, and again, I've got a bunch of check boxes. It looks like they're slightly different verbiage, but same idea. Um, and the second one here is value is unequal compared with other properties. And and I believe what they're getting at there is other properties that are on the tax rolls. Um, what, what is that called? I forget where I can go out and not, not thinking about sales comps, but looking at the tax rolls for other like size, like type properties. Um, what, what is that called, Julian? Basically, you're doing a quality analysis, comparing your property to your neighbor's property, similar properties in your neighborhood to see how they're being valued versus you. Uh, and adjusting for age and different things like that, land size, maybe it's a bigger lot or you have a bigger lot. Okay. Um, so basically... That's probably going to be a bigger issue this year than the market value protest. Meaning more difficult? Uh, no, I mean in, that you might have a better chance there than looking at comparable sales. Okay. So step one in a normal year is look at the comparable sales to do my protest. Step two is go out to that same appraisal district website where you go to look at your value, your your taxes, net, uh, your tax rates, et cetera, and look for your broader subdivision. And I'll tell you from my experience, some 
counties make it easier than others. Again, I'm looking at the Tarrant County uh, uh, appraisal flyer right here. I know when I go to their website, there's a, a hyperlink, in fact, for my neighborhood. I just click on that hyperlink and it opens up all the properties that are only in that neighborhood. So what Julian's talking about now is just looking through there for like size, like type properties. Mine has a converted garage. Okay, so does theirs. If they're rated $20,000 below mine, well, there's a good argument right there. Why am I up here and they're down there? Uh, Tarrant calls those equity comps, I think. Um, I've, I've heard different, different, okay, different names across the board. So that's approach number two, and that one may get us a little bit farther this year. Um, what other approaches might we take? Well, under the market, I mean, you're going to look at the condition of the properties we talked about. I mean, that's, that's a big deal on these rental properties. Uh, typically, they, you know, there's going to be some rundown of the property from being rented. Um, and you're not putting the top dollar finish out in your rental properties, probably, like you would some of the other properties that are selling. So the pictures do a lot in showing that condition of that property, along with the estimates to cure if there is any deficiencies in the property. Okay. So, and I think when, when I, I know with Tarrant, I logged onto their website just last night and I'm able to go and see the, the properties they took both into my, the, their sales, their market approach, as well as their, their equity approach. So like type properties within the subdivision that they've given the tax valuations to already. And I can see those houses. I can then go out, hopefully find, find some pictures. And if it's a, if it's an, if it's a house that's recently sold, they probably fixed it up. And to your point, my rental, well, maybe I rehabbed it four or five years ago. Different finish out, slightly slightly different era, so to speak. Uh, maybe not quite as nice because the markets have changed. That four mic I put in back then, it's no longer the thing. Everyone's doing granite. So everything's changed a little bit. So if you can get to those pictures of those properties as well as get your own, you, you, you may have an argument there. And the same for those, uh, what are called um, equity comps. And when it comes to the property condition. Um, I do want to ask you, so I know we talked about this a little bit, you and I yesterday. Uh, I think you used the term depreciation. What, what, what does that mean? I know depreciation when it comes to filing my income taxes with my rentals, but what do we mean here in, in this sense? Well, I'll tell you what, music's coming up. Listeners, stay tuned. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about depreciation because this one has gotten me a lot of leverage over the years. Julian, you're going to explain that to us, and we'll, we'll talk about ways to leverage that to get our valuation lowered. So stay tuned. Talk 1370, the right choice. Warning. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. I'm your host, Andy Webb, and I'm joined today by Julian Ball. He helps consult on property tax protesting, handles that for you, in fact, down around San Antonio, Austin, in, in, in that neck of the woods. I personally, I'm up in Dallas-Fort Worth. If you're new to the show or just catching the show today for the first time, and if you are just catching the show for the first time, be sure to check out our website, lifestylesunlimited.com. You can catch the earlier part of the show where we talked about the process of protesting property taxes, the key deadlines. Don't miss those. And talked a little bit about some tactics that you can take. And we're going to get into some more tactics here in the last segment. If you have any questions for me today, you can uh, email me at askandy 
at luinc.com. And like I said, go check out lifestylesunlimited.com. Click on the radio tab to catch the the archives. This will be archived there probably midweek, which is going to leave you just a few more days <laughs> before that May 17th deadline. And, and Julian, we said, you know, you don't have to have everything in a complete packet when you go to do that initial protest filing. And just looking at my form here, we talked already about that that market approach. We talked about the, uh, here it says values unequal compared with other properties, meaning on the tax roll, that's the, the, the equity approach. Uh, there are, what looks like eight or 10 other things that I could check. When I file this, which of these boxes should I always be checking? Are there, are there some I should check or, or don't, don't bother? Or what, what do I need to do? Uh, you should check the first two boxes, the incorrect appraised market value or the values unequal compared with other properties. If you don't check those, you don't get a right to talk about that issue. Uh, so you should check those. Now, the other ones, if you, if an exemption was denied or something like that, that really is pretty property specific based on what you received from your appraisal district on your notice appraised value. Okay. And and just quickly on exemptions, let me repeat that, by the way, for the listener. When you go to submit this, whether you mail in this, this piece of paper that I have here or you do it online, I can tell you all the appraisal districts that I've checked out online so far, they do have those boxes. Incorrect appraised market value is the first box. That's the sales comps. And the second box, value is unequal compared with other properties. This is the verbiage on the Tarrant one. Check both of those so that you can argue both of those. Maybe you get to the finish line, get to the ARB hearing, you realize I don't have an argument on this one. At least you got it there in case you need to pull that out of your hip pocket. If you don't check it, they're not going to talk to you about it. And Julian, you just mentioned exemptions. We talked earlier about the fact that the, 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 the owner-occupant can put a homestead exemption onto their property, which will cap the, the increase in values. And there are other exemptions out there over 65, which lowers the, the, the value for the school district, let's say, other, other pieces of the, the taxing entities that, 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 that levy that tax against you. An exemption that uh, is unique, we saw this a couple of years ago with uh, Hurricane Harvey in the, in the Houston area. And then more recently, we had our you know, deep freeze, the, the bad winter weather we had in February here in Texas was declared a disaster by the governor. And as a part of that, I understand we can also file an exemption if we suffered significant damage to our property. Do you, can you speak very, very briefly to that? I don't want to get into a lot of detail because I know that's something the homeowners need going to need to deal with on a paper, from a paper perspective. But what is it we need to see when it comes to that winter exemption? Let me give you an example. I had a house down the road, a rental property. I had a pipe break in the garage leaked in the garage, replaced the sheetrock. I think my total bill is about a thousand bucks. Am I going to be able to take advantage of that exemption? No, I think it has to be a 15% of the value before there's an exemption given on that. Um, so 15% so, of the property ha was damaged in essence. Right. Or the valuation of the property. Yes. Okay. Now I, good buddy of mine across town did have that level of damage so he can file that exemption so for the listener out there if you if you have had significant uh damage or did have significant damage as a result of that storm be be sure to look into that exemption and the deadline to file that is may 28th as, as i understand um to get that get that onto the books now moving on with our tactics we talked about sales approach we talked about the 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 other properties in my neighborhood on the tax rolls, the equity approach. We were talking now about the notion of my rental property and depreciation. Can you explain depreciation to me a little bit and to the listeners so we understand what that means? 
Well, they, they class these properties based on average, good, fair, excellent type uh, classifications. It, it varies across all the appraisers. They all do it a little different. But it all relates to a depreciation percentage. So if you can go in there and say, well, my property, this rental property, you know, hasn't been fixed up. It's, you know, you go show pictures of the kitchen and it's an old 1985 kitchen and the bathrooms are the same and then your sales are are all fixed up that are selling then you have an issue there they may lower your depreciation a little which helps you overall on your valuation and that may carry forward to future years until they see a permit pulled or something like that okay and that's an interesting point because commonly what are we as investors doing we're going in and renovating these properties pulling those permits. I was looking at a couple of mine on the tax rolls and sure enough there, I did that foundation work. I can see that they've got a record of the uh, permit that was pulled to do that foundation work. So they know they have an idea of what we've been doing in the background, but Hey, again, fast forward four five, six years later, how well has that property been kept up to your point earlier? The owner occupant tends to keep their property better than most renters. Not, uh, not, I will tell you, (laughs) we follow the motto. Here at, at Lifestyles Unlimited, best product, best price, yields the best people. We, we do tend to get renters that are a little bit, I would say, higher end in the way that they do care for the property. But 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 the idea there is that the, there is some deficiency, let's say. And to your point, I know Dallas County, they call it desirability. Um, and you can go out to the county website for Dallas and see, are you rated good or average or fair? And I've always had a tremendous amount of success with that particular tactic right there couple pictures it's a rental imply that it's not well kept and and Julian when it comes to pictures um, is there a, a, a I don't know a rule of thumb should I go in with a hundred pictures 50 pictures I mean, what should I be showing in terms of uh, pictures I wouldn't, and, with, I wouldn't go with more than maybe five to ten at the most I mean I think you want to show the main parts of the house if you show pictures of efficiencies you know your kitchen which cost a lot your bathrooms have they been remodeled you know and any exterior like cracks or things like that or pictures of the roof if there's roofing issues uh you know showing the structural issues with the property as well so big what i call big ticket items in a lot of cases okay but not a hundred pictures of the sheetrock cracks i i I will confess in year one as a rental investor i took a picture of every darn sheetrock crack that i had and it didn't go well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so keep it limited. They're not going to look through all those pictures. No, no. And, and you can see as you're flipping through these pictures of, during that informal appraisal, their eyes start to gloss over and they start to, yeah, 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 come on, just get through it, get through it. You know, you're going to hurt yourself because they're, like I said, they're super busy right now uh, with the volume and the increased volume that we've seen. And you mentioned something else earlier. Aside from those pictures that support the the uh, the the drop in condition of the property. You you said estimates. Um, when should I be getting estimates relative to when I go and and protest that valuation? Uh, you should be getting estimates prior. You know, around January first should be the best time to get estimates. But you could go in now. I mean, if it's a foundation, it didn't fail between January first and now. Uh, you know, it's probably been an ongoing pros- problem. So, you know, but I I like to take the pictures close to January first as possible. Okay. You know, it's interesting. We, I've talked on earlier shows, we, we, we have been in the process of doing a cash out refinance on our personal house. And, and as part of that, we finally, after eight, nine years of living here <laughs> and fixing up houses for everybody else, we finally went in and fixed up our own house. So re- replaced the floors among other things. And, and as we pulled up the floor and discovered 
and maybe a little bit of funky stuff here, funky stuff. You've got a lot of pictures. So this was middle of the year already. Hopefully that is something we can then use to, because to your point, that did not just appear all of a sudden. It's been that way for years. Maybe I'm just now discovering it, but that meets that January 1 uh, condition of the property. Um, and one other question I had, and I've, I've heard this from people before. I have a rental house, for example, that backs to a, a, a six-lane road. Um, does that help me in getting the value lowered if, if I'm backing to apartments or, uh, I don't know, a gas station or a road like that? It it does help some, but you, you also need some evidence to show that it helps. I mean, maybe some sales or something that backs up to that road that are less than sales that are a block away. Uh, or are they treating equity? Or are they doing other houses different that back up to that road than you versus the houses that are a street away from that road? Okay, so it's it's finding the apples-to-apples apples comparisons, essentially. And, and did they give me an apples-to-orange in this case or... Or not. So there's a little bit of legwork there. I, I get that. I know. I know when I've done my refi appraisals on on these type properties, they they do discount those a little bit for that sort of thing. So, um, okay, we're, we're we're running a little light on time here. I do before we get to the end of the show. I do want to ask you, Julian, for folks that want to reach out if they have questions, uh, how, how would they get in, in touch with you? Uh, they can email us at jball at ballpts.com is the easiest way because our phone is ringing off the wall right now. <laughs> right. So that was jball at ballpts.com. Okay. And I also want to give a, another website uh, for the listener. We, we haven't talked about this today, but we have a great event coming up. Julian, I thank you for helping us today, helping educate the listener on the process of protesting taxes, giving us a few tactics on how to protest those. That's just part of the bigger picture that we have as members at Lifestyles Unlimited. Again, around 30 years, just like you've been doing this for 32, is the education. And a big, big event we have coming up, have coming up towards the end of this year, Friday and Saturday, September 3rd and 4th, middle of this year, really, not even end. That's Labor Day weekend. We have our Wealth and Passive Income Expo. Go check that website out, wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com, to learn more about that great event and to continue this education. Julian, I thank you heartily for coming on and, again, helping educate us today. If you're listening, go out and protest those taxes. It's easier than you think, so get it done. Thanks again, Julian, and I thank you for listening. Remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. You have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.